Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave for our 30th episode. Almost two years to the day. Episode 30. Wow. Whoever thought, right? Not, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I didn't really think past starting the podcast. Quite honestly, about no. how long it would go for. No, me neither. But it's fun that we've been able to read thirty books together and talk about them. Yeah, it's it's, it's been exciting. a great it's been a great time these past. And years. it is fitting that episode thirty would be because I believe our very first episode was our first book talk was uh, the author of the book that we are now. Yes. Yes. So, so we'll get to that in a second. Um, so yeah, we're reading, we've, we read this book. We're going to get into that in a few minutes, but first, as per usual, the book spoke to us from the bar (laughs) (laughs) and, and today we have a cocktail like taken directly from this story. Yes. What is it called? The Heartbreaker. The Heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you, you bought all the ingredients, so you... Yes. <laughs> you so, okay. So the thing about this cocktail, there's no, like, um, measurements. Yeah. So you kind of just got to make it up. But yeah. it includes strawberries, muddled strawberries, mm-hmm. fresh strawberries, um, ginger, mm-hmm. so some grated ginger, which I can't really taste. Oh, maybe we did need more then. Um, blood orange juice, mm-hmm. vodka. Mm-hmm. And a splash of champagne. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got. And Ooh, I put in more than a splash of champagne. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I think we did. We put a little bit more vodka. I don't remember. But I don't you know, know. if you're not going to give me measurements, then right. we're just going to make it, it up. All right. So let's see how they go. Oh, it's very nice. It's very. I don't know that I've ever had blood orange juice before. OK, I think only in a fancy cocktail. Right. I've never just like had it in a glass well and i had to i had this whole bag of blood oranges because i couldn't find a single one so i had buy a three pound bag of blood orange i'm thinking well what the heck am i going to do with these but it took every last one of those maybe minus one um to squeeze fresh juice out of it yeah. and i got two-thirds of a cup oh, no. <laughs> so it was either going to be a very strong drink with very little juice yeah. <laughs> But we made it work. So we have we, uh, we have ice, obviously, the muddled strawberries, the grated ginger. We did um, two shots of blood orange juice to one shot of vodka to one shot of champagne. The book recipe calls for Belvedere vodka, but we kept it local with Valentine. Correct. And we used my favorite cheapy champagne. <laughs> Which, what is that? That's the Verdi. Oh, um, okay. Which is, you know, we, I get it at Meyer. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay, but because I was telling somebody earlier today, I was like, I really only like two kinds. I like Verdi, which is a super cheap, like twelve dollar bottle, right? And then I like the Veuve Clicquot, well, and, I, and I think that's how you say it, right? Um, which is not thirteen dollars a bottle. Yeah, no, <laughs> somebody gave me a bottle of that, but I happen to like Prosecco. Yeah, um, so more than champagne, I find it's uh, sweeter. Yeah, so that's I can drink it, but only if it's like really cold. I oh. cannot let Prosecco get warm okay. or to room temperature because then I, yeah. but, but I do, I don't mind it cold and bubbly. That's nice. Yeah. So, so anyway, so we're having the heartbreaker. It's really nice. Um, once you get a chance to read this month's book, you'll see why it's, it plays an important role in the story. It does. 
I don't know why we're holding back on the title. What did we read this I think one? we told them last time. Yeah. The Hotel Nantucket by Ellen Hildebrand. Yes. This is newly released as of June 14th. Um, we got ours a little early. We did, like a week early. Yeah, because we pre-ordered these when we were at Bucket List Weekend in January. We pre-ordered them from Nantucket Bookworks. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they showed up at the house, it was so cute. They were wrapped in this pretty blue, like hydrangea blue tissue paper and they had little goodies wrapped inside. We got key rings mm-hmm. that are Hotel Nantucket themed. Mm-hmm. And it, it says uh, the Hotel Nantucket on one side and then the Ellen Hildebrand suite on the other side yeah. of the keychain. And they had little like do not disturb hanging placards for your door. Mm-hmm. Do not disturb. I'm reading the new Ellen Hildebrand novel, which is pretty cute. Um, but even like of more interest is that. So this book is the Hotel Nantucket. We stayed at the Nantucket Hotel and Resort when yes. we were there, and they are creating an actual Ellen Hildebrand suite. Yes. So that's gonna that's a fun tie-in. So, um, yeah. So this was uh this was a good one. But before we get into the spoilers, what are you reading now, Kelly? Um. So I just finished. Uh, the Love Season by Ellen okay. Hildebrands, because I'm still making my way through the earlier books and I'm reading them in order. So I've just finished the Love Seas, the Love Season. I started uh, Barefoot Summer, which is also by Ellen Hildebrand. I'm just at the beginning of that, um, and then I have on hold, which I am hoping to pick up tomorrow. Um, and I see this come across a lot. It's uh, Kristen Harvey's The Wedding Veil. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that is that the one that's about uh, the Biltmore? I think it might be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So everybody says it's really good. Yeah. So I I'm very interested to start that. I also have on hold um, Mary Kay Andrews' The Home Records because you know yeah. she's another one that writes something every yep. summer. <laughs> so I usually find hers yeah. too. Good. I hear that one's really good too. People are raving about that one online. Yeah. And that's I can't. It's like it's a big number for her too. Is that her thirtieth? Maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it is maybe her 30th novel. Okay. So, because there's been a lot of congratulatory okay. comments online. Um, okay, so I have been listening to a few as well as read a few. Um, I read Family of Liars by E. Lockhart, which is a really a YA mm. novel, but that's the, the sequel. Slash, well, it's really not, though. It's a prequel to We Were Liars, which oh, came yeah, out yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and that book kind of blew my mind. Yes. And then this one was just as good. I read okay. it in like one night because okay. I couldn't stop. That was really good. Um, and I read for my neighborhood book club a title called Wolf's Mouth by John Smolens. Um, and I, I, it's okay for me to say this because I said it to the lady who picked it at book club. <laughs> I was like, uh, we, it, it like turned up in the box on my front porch where we keep all the book club stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I don't. Ooh, I don't know if I want to read this. <laughs> and I totally judged it by its cover. It's just like a really like it's a close up photo of a wolf. And then but then I read the reviews of it and I was like, OK, well, it's set in Michigan. It's a local author. Like, maybe it'll be fine. And the story actually turned out to be really good. Oh, okay. um, I didn't I had no idea that in the Upper Peninsula during World War Two that Michigan was hosting prisoner of war camps. Oh, I didn't know this. And and the, the UP made for a great place to do that because it was so isolated. Secluded, yeah. And if you put these prison camps out in the middle of nowhere, even if anyone escaped, 
the likelihood of them getting anywhere was really slim. And so that's where the that's where the book starts. And then it follows one of the prisoners like into later in his life. So it actually turned it turned out to be a lot better than I thought it was going to. And then I've been on an audiobook kick. Um, and I listened to Buy the Book by Jasmine Guillory. Mm-hmm. And if the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy, and then One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid, and After I Do by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Taylor Jenkins Reid has, like, unofficially, accidentally become my author of the summer. Oh. I'm trying to read all of her backlog before Carrie Soto is back comes out later okay. this fall. But um, of of note, Jasmine Guillory's book, I kind of stumbled on, and I was like, I didn't think her new book was out until September. I was surprised to see this in Hoopla. Shameless plug for a library <laughs> coming right. up. But I was surprised to see it in Hoopla. And it turns out that um, that Disney Press has is working with romance authors to write a new series of Disney princess-esque stories, but like modernized. So the first two are If the Shoe Fits, and that's a Cinderella retelling. And the second one is By the Book, and that's a Beauty and the Beast retelling. So, um, but what's funny is... <laughs> So Jasmine Guillory fans out there, prepare yourselves. So Jasmine Guillory books are, they're great romance. They're super fun. They're great romance stories. Um, her writing, though, is pretty descriptive. So if you're not someone who likes to read, like, dirty sex scenes, you're not, she's not going to be your favorite. <laughs> but if you are reading Jasmine Guillory for that, I'm, re- I'm listening to this book and we get to, like, the scene where things would kick off, right? And it just sort of gets, like, glossed over. And I was oh, like, because well, it's that, Disney. I was like, well, that's really unusual, uh. right? Like that—that that doesn't seem like what you would normally get in a Jasmine Guillory book. And then I found out it was a Disney published book, and I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So anyway, so those are really good. And Taylor Jenkins Reid, you know, I—I I have not been disappointed by a title I've read of hers. So I was glad to find these two that I—I I didn't know were from earlier. So I think now I've read them all, oh, and good. now I'm just ready for the new one in September. So. Okay, so we covered the cocktail. We covered what we're reading. Are we ready to do spoilers? We are. Okay, three, two, one, spoiler alert. All right. Okay. Quick summary. You got it? Can you do it? Can I do it? <laughs> Ooh, okay, I maybe I can. Um, and then if not, Tim will cut it and you can do it. <laughs> okay, works for me. <laughs> He's over there laughing. <laughs> we'll cut it and I can do it, or we'll cut it and Kelly can do it. Tim can cut it and Kelly can do the synopsis, but I'll give it a whirl. So we are presented with the story of this decrepit hotel that's sort of an eyesore um, in or on the island of Nantucket. It has sat um, abandoned and unloved for quite some time. It has been several iterations of a hotel, and... In swoops this London billionaire to refurbish the place and and make it the jewel it once was. And he makes the really smart move of hiring a local Nantucketer. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Nantucketers? We're going to go with that. Well, okay. Um, to help him get it up and running. And I'm going to rephrase that. To help him get the hotel started. <laughs> and um, and so we're reading the story of Lisbeth, who is the general manager of the hotel. And we're also reading the story of 19-year-old Grace Hadley, who is a ghost that is haunting the hotel. And um, we're reading from each perspective, not chapter by chapter necessarily, no. but, um, but we get the ancient not the ancient story the story from the 1900s and we get the story from now and um 
And Lisbeth hires this cast of characters to fill all the positions at the hotel. And everybody has, like, a secret. And as the story unfolds, we get to know how and why everyone came to be working here and how that affects the success of the hotel. Very good. Okay. Very good. Tim, you don't have to cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, yes. So, okay. So, what did you think? So, I love this. Um, I thought it was like a reunion of a bunch of her characters because I also had just finished the Blue Bistro. Okay. Which, and... There's a lot from of callbacks. That. Yes, yep. from that. Um, so I, I I enjoyed it. And Blue Bistro was all about the restaurant business mm-hmm. and how difficult it was. This is definitely about the hotel and how difficult it is and the characters that come in and demand all this kind of... So it was very fascinating to me um, to go through that. And I just... I felt... I was very sad at the end because I thought, you know, they just sort of became part of your family. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want them to end. Though... Um, I love the way the book started. I lo- I love that third person. Uh-huh. You know, I think we've said this before. Like, it's it's the uh, I don't want to say gossip person, but it's whoever's giving giving an overview of what's gone on and you know sets up the characters type of thing. But it's just talking about them in third person. So you know, we're, we're part of the Nantucket yes, crowd. Yes, yeah, yeah. we're so. we're local. Yeah. <laughs> And that's and I feel like and like almost every chapter had that kind of beginning like that. And so it did make you feel like you were part of the Nantucket scene as they were uh, as she was describing. And, you know, when we saw her, she read that first chapter. Yeah. So that was a little. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the highlights of Bucketless Weekend was getting to. And she was still reading, I think, from handwritten pages at that point. Yes, she was. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that was interesting to. I'm like, oh, I remember all this. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's funny because after you hear her speak, you can hear her voice in the book. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can just hear her yep. the way she would say something in the book. Yep. So that's yeah, interesting. Too. I agree. Um, I will say that despite the careful description of the 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 fiction hotel Nantucket, the fictional hotel Nantucket. Um, and she told us at the time that she did that reading that, like, she had been scouring Instagram home decorating accounts and, like, doing all this research and was really, like, she wanted to incorporate all these luxurious materials and designs. And and the description of the hotel really did that. It was it was beautiful. You yes. could envision them. But I, I have to say that having been to the Nantucket Hotel, mm-hmm. not... Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I, after the initial, like... This is what it looks like inside, and it's beautiful. And I could and I could see it from her description. After that, though, everything in my head was set at the hotel we went to. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. You know, I had a hard time imagining the hotel. The only thing that um, there really were only a few places that you got that she described. One was the lobby. Mm-hmm. One was the suite. Yep. That Kimber Marsh, one of the. Uh, Vacationers, yes, guests, mm-hmm. yeah, and then the front desk, and maybe the staff lounge, and the bar. Well, and you like, didn't really get too much in the bar, like highlights. There highlights, were accent yeah. highlights, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was hard for me to visualize that. The, and I know this is not true, but for whatever reason, I thought the front lobby was open air front lobby, <laughs> like, oh, a, like, like, a, like, a like on an island, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it is an island, but well, it's not it a Caribbean is, but island. Like a yeah. Caribbean island. Okay. For some reason, I just, you know, I don't remember anybody ever saying, "Oh, we opened the door" or whatever. Just people were just flowing in, yeah. and I, you know, so that 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 was interesting. So I had a little bit of a hard time putting it on Nantucket. Okay, I kept thinking it was on a Caribbean. Island. Okay, okay. <laughs> Have you recently been to a Caribbean island? I'm trying to remember. I was not in for a, a while. Aruba in October. Okay, so, so maybe, maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, yeah, I had a hard time not envisioning the, um, the hotel, the Nantucket Hotel as I was reading it, which is fine. The Nantucket Hotel was a beautiful place to stay. Oh, yeah. And the, um, the staff there were as friendly and, and, and good at their jobs as the people in our stories. Right. Right. Um, okay. So the, the, so the story starts with Lisbeth and JJ Mm -hmm. who run a successful, a super successful waterfront bar on Nantucket and they've been together for like 15 years they're a a staple they're hashtag relationship goals for people on the island right and everyone is shocked when they break up because Lisbeth reads a series of texts between JJ and their wine salesperson right uh of an explicit nature right and so they Go their separate ways. Lisbeth comes to this opportunity in the hotel. She has never run a hotel. Nope. She ran a very successful bar, but has never run a hotel, but um, is doing or has some really good ideas and and wows Mr. Darling, you know, enough with her knowledge of the island, I think is why he, he says that he gives her the job, is that it wasn't necessarily about her taste and style. It was the fact that she was so, she so thoroughly understood Nantucket, and that was going to help them with their success so now it's up to elizabeth to hire bell people and housekeeping staff front desk and but never but uh, i did think it was a little weird that the bar was in the building but separate yeah so the bar i couldn't really figure that out yeah so the bar was not owned by the hotel wasn't it i think that's right yeah so it had a separate like but somehow he Xavier Darling got to like wasn't managed it? by the hotel. Okay. Maybe, maybe, I think it wasn't managed by okay. the hotel. That's probably right. Yeah. So and that's where Mario comes in from, from the, the Blue, Blue Bistro. Bistro. Correct. Is um he comes in to be the chef, chef. and um as per usual the descriptions of food in this book oh, had me drooling. Those savory donuts. <laughs> Oh, the savory donuts, the homemade chips with this cream sauce that just sounded fantastic. The and bakery box. The bakery box. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Everything sounded delicious. Yeah. Oh, you know what I what I forgot to say because this this comes to be important later, is that one of Xavier Darling, the guy, the billionaire who has put all his money into it, one of his goals, his only goal really for the whole summer, is that they get what is the equivalent of a five, five star, star review on an Instagram account called Hotel Confidential. Yes. And nobody knows who the writer of Hotel Confidential is. Their their identity is a secret. Uh, they're in and out of hotels really without a big fuss until the review comes out. And the writer, um, we'll, we'll just say they, because for a long time we don't know who it is. Um, they have never issued a five-key review. Right. And so Xavier makes it his goal, and li- and by extension, Lisbeth's goal, <laughs> to be the first to be the first five key. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so now, so everyone's already on edge because they're they're opening this brand new hotel and they're trying to, you know, make the guests happy. And they for whatever reason they're not 
filling the hotel, which based on what I know about Nantucket in the summer is right. is a little it's a little <laughs> wacky that the hotel's not full. And um and so like every time someone comes in to check in, everyone's on high alert because like what if this is I think the writer's alias was Shelly Carpenter. Yeah. What if this is Shelly Carpenter? And so they spend their entire summer on pins and needles, like waiting for this review because they know it's coming. Right. Uh, their hotel has, there's too much money sunk into it and it's too good of a story for it not to come up on this review, but they don't know when and they don't know who. And so they're they're trying to make sure that they've covered all their bases. Right. And that becomes important later when, like during the big reveal about who it is, um, when they started talking in the review about all the things they ate at the bar, and I was like, oh my God, I know who it is now. <laughs> but I'm sure so did everyone else because there was only one guest who we really got their like their experience in the bar. Well, could, well, yeah, and that guest also stayed all summer. Uh-huh. Her name was Kimber Marsh. She had two small children and a dog. Yeah, big dog. A big, yeah. And uh, so her story was that, you know, she didn't have a credit card because her husband left her, and so her credit card was frozen. So she couldn't. So she had to pay cash for the hotel. So they had to make exceptions for her in order to stay. Um, can't not supposed to have a dog. So they upgraded her to a suite instead of for the whole, whole summer. summer. Instead of um, you know two rooms, she paid cash the whole time. So, but you see her children. The daughter Wanda was um, what eight. I think so. Something like that. Maybe a little older. Reading Nancy Drew, and she was a writer, wanted to be a writer type thing. And then the son, Louis, was into chess, and he would sit in the lobby because there was this huge chess board in the lobby. So he would sit in the lobby, and everybody would come up and play chess with him. Yeah. So, But he never lost. He never lost. He was yeah. some kind of prodigy. Yeah. Yeah. And Wanda fancied herself a little bit of a girl detective. Right. She was really like really into those Nancy Drew books, and so she was looking all around for a mystery to solve. And she finds one. Well, with the ghost, right, Grace? Yes. So she comes. Wanda comes across um, an article from a local Nantucket newspaper in the early 1900s that reports the story about Grace Hadley dying in a fire on the top level of this hotel. And what it what the article makes it sound like is that Grace was like sneakily staying at the hotel, living in this closet. But what Grace's ghost has been narrating to us in the storyline is that she was like secretly the mistress yes, of, of the, the owner pers- of the owner of the hotel, mm-hmm. and he had like installed her in this closet so that easy he- access. Yes, she was accessible. <laughs> and um, Grace believes, but can't prove that his wife found out and locked her in the closet and started the fire on purpose. Right. So when Wanda decides that she's going to really get into this mystery, Grace is elated because she's. I think it's that whole unfinished business. I'm stuck in this hotel and I can't get out till someone finds out really that I was murdered. And so Grace spends all of her time like haunting the guests. Right. But ultimately, that turns out to be the key to their success. Well, right. Because the uh, one of the like the newspaper on Nantucket Standard or something, whatever they called it in there. You know, there was a a write-up about the hotel at the very beginning, but Mm -hmm. it was about how gorgeous it was. And the uh, publisher didn't like that one because it didn't have enough whatever. Yeah, he didn't like the angle. Yeah. And so the angle then became the ghost story. And so once everybody heard the ghost, there was a ghost. They all wanted to stay. 
Yeah. So that's how they wound up with a higher occupancy rate. Right. People started coming from far away. And Grace did her job admirably. She was making shutters flap yeah. and she was turning, turning lights, lights on. on and off yeah. and playing music. And yeah. um, and actually at one point um, saves one of the hotel employees from an assault right. by a, a terrible guest. Right. Um, so Grace is that I would call it a beeline, except it's not. Grace has just as much to do with the success of this hotel as everybody else who works there. Right. So except that she's having fun <laughs> at the expense of everyone else while the rest of the staff are just trying to make sure they don't mess up. Right. So. Yeah. So also in the blue bar, which is the um, bar in the hotel that's mm-hmm. managed by, um, not only do you get the bakery box with all yeah. the treats in it so like at the end and the heartbreaker and the heartbreaker yeah so uh uh ball drops every night at 9 p.m a disco ball <laughs> a disco ball drops ever from the ceiling every night at 9 p.m in the bar but then also they have this they have a whipped cream concierge who comes out yeah with different flavors of whipped cream mm-hmm. right and so I decided that we needed to do flavored whipped cream. <laughs> Y'all, Kelly goes above and beyond every time. <laughs> so not only do we have the drink, the heartbreaker from that, but we also have, I made chocolate whipped cream. Yeah. It looks really good. It. I made it with my kitchen stand mixer. And like okay. I said, it took me three minutes to make and 20 minutes to clean the mixer. <laughs> <laughs> so. Mm. Mm. It's like chocolate mousse. It is. It's dark chocolate cocoa. Oh, that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. I love dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. I really want to visit this fake bar. I know. <laughs> oh, that's really good. I mean, we had a delightful time at Breeze, but they weren't mm. serving us flavored whipped cream. No, they were Yeah. Mm, it's good. They served a coconut whipped cream. And if I would have... I luckily had all the ingredients for chocolate. <laughs> I did not have any cream of coconut, mm. which is what I needed. Yeah, that's not something I just keep around. Usually no. that's for a really specialized cocktail. Yeah. It's so good, though. It is good. Mm-mm-mm. Nice work, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop talking with my mouthful. I know. Mm. Oh, this drink's going down. It's like super easy. So one of the employees that Lisbeth hires, mm-hmm. her name is Alessandra. And um, she's the one, you know, there's a phone conversation, which you're part of between her and Lisbeth, that just doesn't sound right. Yeah. And, and Grace, the ghost is over here and, and yeah. she gets like a sixth sense yeah. <laughs> because yeah. she's a ghost of people. Oh, that's a bad person. Oh, this is mm-hmm. a bad person. And so she's, you hear her voice or she's saying, oh, this, there's something, there's something wrong here. Some, this is not right. Yeah. And so turns out she lied about everything. Yeah. I mean, literally lied about her experience, but you know she gets the job. Um, turns out she's um, uh, having an affair with one of the locals. Locals on a very wealthy street. Yeah. <laughs> and so I mean, she wreaks a lot of havoc. She does, and it was fascinating to me because she meets him on the boat on on the way over to Nantucket. He's you know made it seem like him and his wife were you know. On taking a break, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. So she's like, okay, wealthy house on Nantucket, so I'll go stay. And then he tells her, like, my wife is coming or something, so you need to be out by the time my wife and two kids come. And so she kind of gets upset about that, even though she knows. Right. You know. But anyway, the fascinating thing that she does 
is that she goes to the neighbor's house and she was rotten. <laughs> she steals eye makeup, shoes, the pregnancy test. Oh my God. And something else and brings it over to the house so that the wife of the person she's having an affair with will find it. Because yeah. he's because he's a man and he's never gonna pay Not attention. Gonna look for these things. No. And uh and the wife obviously does find it. But then she fully believes that her neighbor, who they've been friends with forever, has been having an affair with her husband, and that's why she's now the neighbor is now pregnant. Right. So that I was I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty diabolical for somebody right. who who you like just met. She wasn't even like targeting that guy. She just met him on the boat and thought, well, here's my opportunity. Right. And I I like I don't think they were in love. Alessandra comes right out and basically just says she's looking for someone to take, take care, care of her. her. Right. And so then she starts slipping her number to wealthy guests who are checking in on their own. And then in turn, after sleeping with them, she's like, hey, write me a good review. review. So then she keeps winning (laughs) these weekly, like, employee of the week bonuses. Right. Because she's bribing people. Well, no, she's not. Well, she is bribing people. She's not using money. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I... I mean, I was angry at her, but I felt bad. I mean, if I was very sad for her, yeah, that she felt, and And that's how she knew relationships worked. We we saw a little bit about her, yeah, her past and her relationship with her mom. But I mean, in the end, she did have a good heart. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, she redeemed. But but it took a minute. It was it was just fascinating to me. I think, geez, what kind of thought process do you have to have to yeah. to come up with that? Yeah, and even so, more for the author, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And doesn't it make you wonder? Like, so what, so she also wrote the rumor. Do you remember? Did you yes. read the rumor? Yes. Okay. So and and you just, like you start to wonder like. This is not that big of an island. How much of these stories, <laughs> right. like how much are rooted in just a tiny kernel of truth? Right. You know, yeah. I like. I really hope there wasn't somebody who got busted doing that at the hotel. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So she was. So I mean, the book is like, it's part mystery because mm-hmm. you have the the ghost thing, but there's a lot of little mysteries, yeah. mysteries too, with like Alessandra's like, what was her backstory? Yeah, and then the uh, night auditor who was working the desk at night there was something going on with him you don't find out it till the end did you or did you not think he was playing kimber marsh i i didn't think he was playing kimber marsh i but i didn't know what he was doing okay i, I really I thought he okay. was doing the thing that alessandra was doing oh no i never got that impression he was just like looking for someone to bail him out of something Oh, I, so never, I was happy that they turned out to be in love right i never got that impression i just couldn't figure out what he was doing okay yeah. yeah, he was a shady character. Yeah. Um for me the the one the story that was like the most secret which ultimately turns out to be the head of housekeeping but we don't know that until the right. end. Um the one that they were like really like drawing out was the story of Chad. Yes. And I wh- what happened was bad. Yeah, but was it but really was something like, that you I, I didn't Think it was. I didn't know if it was so bad <laughs> that it like it wasn't anything worse than people in her other books have done. Right. Right. I, like, okay, in Golden Girl, there's a hit and run. Right? Right, right. So 
and and like the thing that happened at Chad's house. Okay, so so Chad Chad shows up, and the only job left that Elizabeth has to fill is in housekeeping. Right. And so she's like, "This is all I've got," and he's like, "Great, I'll do it. I'll I'll spend the summer cleaning these rooms." And nobody can really believe that Chad is serious, but he throws himself into it. He learns how to do it, and he ultimately turns out to be a really reliable, good employee. And he's. He's trying to make sure that the woman he's working with isn't, like, stealing from the guests. And he's, you know, he's he's hardworking. He shows up every day. And no one can believe that he's that he's doing this, including his own parents. His own parents right. don't even want him to be doing this. Mm-hmm. But he keeps saying things like he's, like, he's doing penance, right? And, trying to redeem himself. And when you himself. find out what has happened with Chad, which is basically his parents were not home. He threw a party. They have an ancient family dog who they have to, like, carry outside when she needs to go out and he opens a bottle of champagne and the cork and he sabers it because he was showing off a little bit and the cork hits his best friend in the eye and causes the friend to have blindness on that side and then when he rushes into the hospital and offers to like pay for all of his care somebody else sets his house on fire and the dog dies right and like, none of that was malicious on Chad's part, and the house fire wasn't really Chad's fault. Right. <laughs> I was like, I I was really expecting something a lot more sinister right. or dramatic than that. I mean, yes, all of those things come it's a it's a crazy story. But I I I felt like he was it that it was a little overdone. Why that he was feeling as bad as he was feeling. No, that's great that he felt remorse and he was trying to make things right, and that's fine. But I I guess there are other things that have happened in other Hildebrand books that were worse than this that people didn't pay penance for. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. It was um I was relieved when we finally got to the end of his story because I was like what has happened with this kid I that know. was so bad. I so I was glad we got to the end of that. But um and then there was the then the the head of housekeeping who all who we find out at the end is <laughs> really been um really kind of friends with benefits with for Xavier Darling for years and years yeah. right yeah. and cuz he used to own a cruise line and she worked on the cruise line yeah so then after after we find out that Shelly Carpenter has been at the hotel and has written her review and does in fact award the fifth key mm-hmm. and everyone's celebrating we find out that Shelly Carpenter has his Kimber Marsh yes which i it hit me right before I read the review. Did you? It was like, oh my gosh, I know who I know who Shelley Carpenter okay. is. It's Kimber Marsh. And then as I go through and read, I'm like, knew it. Good for you. Because uh-huh. I didn't, it, not until the, the review was describing all the food they mm. ate in the bar, I was like, well, the only person we've read all this from was Kimber. Yeah. So after Shelley Carpenter has issued the fifth key, um, Xavier decides he's going to sell the hotel. Yes. And they've, but like they've had so much success that they've booked the hotel out for the next year. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's really upset. Like it's only been open a year. We barely got our feet under us. We're now showing some momentum and now he's going to sell it. So ultimately, um, Chad's father and the head of housekeeping decide to partner up and buy it from him so that they can keep it running. Everyone can keep working there. And, um, this is after Chad has made a really like impassioned speech about why he's worked there all summer, and we find out that the head of housekeeping has ten million dollars. Right, she, she's wealthy, right? <laughs> yeah, and um, and so this is what they decide they're going to do in order to keep the hotel 
up and running on the island. So that was a nice way to wrap it up and give everybody a little hope for the future. Right. Yeah. So it was a good book. And at the end of the book, you know, she has Ellen has written what she calls the blue book, which was great. It was. And so it's like if you were coming to the island, these are her favorite things to do. It's not all inclusive. Nope. And she admits that. But these are her favorite places and spots around the island. The um, Nantucket Chamber of Commerce or somebody should be publishing that in a flyer or a pamphlet form and distributing it when people get off the boat mm-hmm. or off the ferry. Mm-hmm. Because it's there was lots of places that I know. And I know we walked past them. And I know that oh, you yeah. know there were places that we have seen. And some of them we shopped in. Right. But, you know, nothing, not, not everything is open in January. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, that was a delight to read through at, at the end. And all it did was make me want to go back. I know. I know. <laughs> I do want to go back. So Sometime. I agree with you that I did like this one. I will say I still didn't like it as much as 28 Summers. It was so funny. 28 <laughs> Summers still remains my my favorite Ellen Hildebrand. Um, but it's this book is getting a lot of love online. People are mm. really excited about it. it. This is number 28 for her. Yes. And we all have heard that she's talking about retiring, sort of, after her 30th book. So we still have two more mm-hmm. <laughs> that we'll get right. to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, and then after that, you know, I hope that she does do like a cookbook. And she talks about writing a book with her daughter. And so I'm sure we won't. It won't be the last I'm sure of her yeah. you know, writing. But um, but yeah. this is it's it's fun how she keeps working the past characters into the yeah, new story. because like I said, I really felt this was like a reunion. And But, you know, if I wouldn't have felt that way if I hadn't just read them within the past few months. I, if I would have read them years ago, sure, I wouldn't remember, yeah. barely remember And the Blue Bistro, that was, that's just lucky that you read that one yes. right before this. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a lot of callbacks to that one. Yes. Like a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. nice, though. That I, It takes a lot of planning and thinking to incorporate all those details, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's why they call her the queen of summer. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So nice job, Ellen. I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, we liked it. Um, I still, you know, Mallory and Jake will still are still my favorites, but this is pretty good. (laughs) Kelly's rolling her eyes at me. (laughs) No, I like the book. I I just don't like Mallory and Jake. (laughs) Just Just didn't like their decisions. Don't like their decisions. I gotcha. So. All right. All right. So we are going to take a little break for summertime. Um. And we'll be back in September with another review. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be a surprise. We haven't decided what yeah, <laughs> that's going to be yet. Res- we got to look at the uh, release dates. Yeah. Maybe it'll be Carrie Soto is Pack by Taylor well, Jenkins Reid. There we go. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. But in the meantime, um, you can go back and listen to all 30 episodes in case you miss us. And uh, we will, yeah, we'll be back in September with a new title and obviously another drink. Obviously. And thank you for listening to all of our episodes. And we'll talk to you soon. All righty. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.